Hey, listener, before we start the show, we'll let you know that Michigan Soccer Central's got a $100 soccer.com gift card giveaway. Michigan Soccer Central and Oakland County FC have partnered to offer this awesome soccer swag giveaway to our local soccer supporters. Entering takes less than a minute. Follow three simple steps. Follow at MI Soccer Central on Instagram as well as Oakland County FC. Tag three of your friends in the comments below to spread the word. And you can earn two bonus entries if you like the post and share it to your story. Entries will close Sunday, April 3rd at 11.59. The winner of the $100Soccer.com gift card will then be selected and announced on Tuesday, April 5th edition of the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Best of luck, and enjoy your soccer. Michigan Soccer Central. Hello, listener, and welcome to this week's edition, the latest edition of Michigan Soccer Central Podcast, your weekly dip into the world's game being played here in the Great Lakes state of Michigan. My name is Robert Kerr, your host with you on the show as always. A little bit of an announcement that uh, the Michigan Soccer Central podcast will now be home to weekly Detroit City FC guests. The series kicked off last week with striker Pato Batello Faz, and this week we will be continuing the series with center back Devin Amu Mensa. Very, very cool interview with him. But first, we got a couple notes. I wanted to uh, give a tip of the cap and a congratulations to Detroit native striker Dylan Borzak for scoring his first professional goal for Rio Grande Valley FC. When I asked him how it felt, and he simply just said, Amazing. Congratulations. Uh, making some strides in his early days in the professional game. Dylan, the Oakland Golden Grizzly and uh, Detroit player, got drafted and scored his first goal at the weekend. In other news, girls' high school soccer season started this past weekend. And if you've been following along with the Michigan Soccer Central uh, social media, you'll be seeing, you have been seeing, uh, updates from lots of games from across Metro Detroit over the weekend already. I think I saw specifically some some uh, coverage of the Notre Dame girls. So being brave out there, girls, this first last, uh, this past weekend, the first weekend of the se- season was very, very cold. So uh, cheers to them for being very brave. By the end of the season, I bet it'll be scorching hot. Um, in some other news that um, was posted on Michigan Soccer Central was coach of uh, the Oslots. Coach Rick Larson will be heading the semi-pro sides for the Nationals. So they are stepping into the uh, semi-pro or senior level sides and stepping into the UPSL. And Rick Larson will be doing that for the Nationals. And in other uh, summer league news... Uh, there is news of a new domestic cup happening this summer. Um, it came out late last week that uh, there's going to be a tournament involving just teams from 
uh, the, the, the west side of the state, uh, as well as uh, Lansing Common, the Grand River Open Cup between six Michigan-based clubs. Uh, in Group A, there's two groups of three. They got Lansing, Tulip City, which is a new team in Holland, and BIH Grand Rapids. And in Group B, you got Grand Haven Admirals, West Michigan Bearings, and Midwest United. So mostly Midwest United or uh, Midwest Premier League teams as well as Midwest United. So interesting, adding to that summer schedule, uh, the those teams uh, across Michigan, mostly Midwest Premier League teams, and throwing Midwest United announced that uh, they would be playing in the Grand River Open Cup. And then that also led to some speculation. What's going on with the Mill Cup? Another cross-league uh, in-state cup that happened a few times. Uh, my, my team reigning uh, co-champs, uh, Oakland County FC, and Flint holding uh, the current co-champ title in the other uh, Michigan Domestic League. So we'll see what goes on with that. But uh, that was the, the news on Friday uh, that came across was uh, Lansing, Tulip City United, BIH Grand Rapids, Grand Haven Admirals, West Michigan Bearings, and Midwest United playing this summer in the Grand River Open Cup. And be sure to keep your eyes out for uh, stuff coming to Midwest Premier League. Uh, I helped uh, write about the, the conference alignment and the 11 Michigan-based teams that will be in there, and I'm working on a piece where we'll learn a little bit more about all these teams from across the Midwest Premier League, and I'm sure there's going to be uh, various announcements coming out, out of uh, that league coming up here soon. But before I go on too long, I'll just uh, direct you to the Michigan uh, Soccer Central socials, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for uh, all you need to know uh, about Michigan soccer. That's probably how you got here in the first place because, you know, Michigan Soccer Central, whether you're a coach, player, or supporter, this is the place to connect with the entire Michigan soccer community. And uh, if you're going on the Michigan Soccer Central socials, be sure to check out that Instagram post and get yourself entered for that $100 soccer.com giveaway with Michigan Soccer Central and Oakland County FC. Now, before any more news pops up into the feed, let's get into this week's uh, check-in with Detroit City FC player. We're we're flirting with the idea of calling it the LaRouge Report. We'll see if that name sticks for our weekly dip into Detroit City FC. This week with uh, one of my favorite new players, great addition to the back line, uh, Devin Amu Mensa. Hey, Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. We're back with you with our next Detroit City FC guest. A great addition to the city back line. I'm very happy to have Devin Amumensa. Good evening, sir. How you doing? Good. Glad to be here. Appreciate it. We are going to break down Saturday's draw with Pittsburgh and then look ahead at the busy week ahead. We're recording late on Monday night and yesterday evening. Uh, USA got as close to World Cup qualifying as possible. Uh, did you watch the game? I did. I didn't. I think it was good to see we're we're inching closer to you know what we've been aiming for for the last four years. It was funny when I was watching at the end of the game. They had like the it seemed like they had the qualifying flag out there by mistake. I think people got a little too excited at the end of the game, but I think we're we're almost there, so it's it's cool. 
I think I heard on Sirius XM or a, a, a podcast when these windows, uh, World Cup qualifying windows, I kind of go on a uh, USA men's like content spree during the window. Yeah. And I can't even remember where I heard it, but apparently that was supposed to be a, a thank you fans banner. Oh, okay. But they grabbed the wrong one, and it was the the, the qualified one. That's funny. Uh, but I, I guess uh, uh, they 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 didn't quite open it all the way. But uh, like you said, uh, some pictures were taken with that that banner partially mm-hmm. unfurled. But yeah, it's been uh, quite a roller coaster, and it's uncanny some of the uh, comparisons to four years ago, like how the second to last game was a big win in Orlando against Panama. But thankfully, this year different from uh 2017 is the margin of like what's on the like the, the margin for error is way bigger in the final game than it was four years ago against trinidad yeah i don't want to say it's a lock but it's it it pretty much should be a lock you know fingers crossed obviously but i think i think we'll be we're in good shape at the moment yeah it was uh it's kind of wild uh, did you think as a defender before before we move on to the detroit city fc stuff uh, there was two penalties for USA, with, you know, obviously huge turning point in that game last night. As a defender, did you think those were pretty soft penalties? As a defender, I, I tend to try to give the defenders the benefit of the doubt. Um, on the first one, I can't really defend him because he's he's grabbing Zimmerman's neck and, you know, he's he's all over him, not even really looking at the ball. The second one, it kind of looked like, he it was called because he was guilty of the first one. So just by association, they kind of, you know, just gave him that one. But I would have to say, with VR VAR included, it was the first one was for sure a penalty on on in my point of view. Second one soft though. I mean, oh, I, yeah, I guess yeah. to me like, oh, that yeah. physical contact, yes, like especially the first one. But at the same time, isn't that stuff that happens like almost every time yeah, when there's yeah, a corner or a cross or something? If you were to slow down any corner kick at any level in the world, you'd see some stuff that probably would be called a penalty outside of the box or a foul outside the box, but things are a little less, a little more lenient in the box. So I guess it, it was, second one was a little soft, but again, I think, you know, just because he, he did have all that contact on the first one, it was, he was an easy victim for the call. Thankfully it, it went uh, the right way. You know, suspect penalties or not, but yeah, they have to lose by you know six goals or something. That's yeah. so it has to be like one of the most insane scenarios to play out for it to to to, to come out of the U.S. grasp. But uh, uh, World Cup sounds sounds pretty good compared to what we went through last time. Last last tidbit on it. Definitely. Did you watch the Trinidad game back on the last cycle? I did not. I did not. It, it was brutal, man. It was on like a kind of an obscure, uh, I can't remember, Go90 or something like that streaming thing. And mm-hmm. I had to go to a bar to watch it. But the field had flooded. So like the audio was just like the sounds of generators pumping out all the water. And it was just a horrible experience all all the way around. And yeah. then not only did they lose to Trinidad on like two crazy goals, but like all the results went the other way. So mm-hmm. I, I did hear a podcast uh, from uh, overseas and they were like, well, you know, things really played against them, you know, four years ago. So you don't want to count out, you know, fate going bad on that last game. But uh, I, that, that'd be too crazy for that. Yeah, let's, let's, let's be a little positive about it. Let's, let's, let's go for the things are all going to go our way this time around. 
You got to believe so. I mean, if Canada can world uh, qualify in style, then uh, we should be oh, able they, to do they the same. Earned it. They definitely earned it. Yeah, kudos again. Before we move on to Detroit stuff, I mean, kudos to Canada. Wow. For sure. For sure. They, what was it, 36 years since they've qualified? And uh, that was the one and only time, too. Yeah, so I think it's shout out to Canada and, and how they're how they're doing things over there. And um, I know they're going to be a, a team to, to, to be reckoned with in the World Cup when it comes around. So happy for them. It, it's wild how uh... – they skyrocketed, but they but the the one of the things they have big star, multiple stars and actually have some 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 veteran contributors um, with them too. Yeah, which is a balance that the U.S. doesn't have the luxury of, which is is wild. But Devin, you are in your first year with Detroit City FC. We're three games into the new era, the USL Championship era for the side. And uh, you guys got a 1-1 draw at home versus uh, a pretty tough Pittsburgh team. Uh, what can you tell me uh, uh, how, how it went down on a cold afternoon in Hamtramck? Well, that, that seems to be the situation every time we play. It'll be decent weather throughout the week, and then game time comes around, and it'll be raining or windy conditions. Um, so I think the first 15, 20 minutes, it kind of took us a little bit to get into the game and I would even go as far to say the first half was a bit of a struggle for us, giving up a a little bit of a soft goal and then just not really creating much going forward. Um, but I think overall, you know, we, we got into halftime and we kind of just wanted to, you know, get the ball on the ground again, get it moving and kind of be on the front foot. You know, at that point when you're down 1-0, there's not much else for you to lose. So we, we kind of have the freedom to kind of push forward and, you know, hope for that goal. And eventually later down the line in the second half, we were able to push forward and, and caught a break on the PK. Um, Maxi was had the composure to finish it, which which is a feature in itself, and finish up the game one one. Which I think, obviously, you want to take as many points from a game as possible. But in the end, uh, I think we were we were okay with a a one one result after being down. You brought up there uh, the man of the match, Maxi Rodriguez, for tucking away that clutch penalty. I thought you were a shout for that. In that in that game as well, by the way. But um, I want to say th- there was a lot of a uh, best hair in the league shout. Uh, are are you getting uh, totally underrated? Uh, you you need a shout in that in that category. I mean, I wasn't going to say anything. We got Antoine and Maxi up, up there, but I think you know I'll 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 go behind the scenes for a little bit, and then people will slowly realize maybe I should be in the conversation as well. But I'll let them have their uh, their glory for now. I'll, I'll try to do my best to online chirp if I, if I, if I see that come through the thread. I'll, okay. I'll, 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 I'll support the outside <laughs> candidate for that award. I appreciate that. Not to poke a wound, but uh, the goal in the first half that you guys conceded, it, it, it was an, an unusual lapse. Uh, what happened there? Uh, I think, you know, on corners and set pieces, a lot of there's always a lot of moving pieces, a lot of stuff going on, and it's something that we practice often in practice, especially you know in before games, just trying to get all those moving parts uh, going in the right direction. I think you know they hit a good ball in, and sometimes they're going to get first contact on the ball, and I think you know it seemed like we almost had too much time to react to the play as the ball was bouncing in the box, and I think you know one thing led to another, and and uh, they are able to finish it. So kudos to them for, you know, being in the right position. But I think that's something that we have to do a little better on going forward and something that we try to pride ourselves on is, you know, keeping a clean sheet, especially on set pieces, giving away goals like that. 
Yeah, it was wild conditions, like you said. Uh, I'm not sure at what point of the game the wind was at its worst, but I do recall seeing uh, Steinwasher and maybe someone else uh, having to chase down uh, a ball that had rolled away from, it was supposed to be a spot kick. Mm-hmm. Did, did, did that personally affect any of the balls that you were playing? Definitely a few. I think more than anything, sometimes you're trying to overcompensate for you know hitting a ball a certain direction just because you know the wind's coming at you or against you. So I think that can play a, a bit of a factor. But for the most part, you know, as we try to keep the ball on the ground, it, it's not much as, as much as a factor as it as you would think. But it definitely was. It definitely was. You saw from some goal kicks from both keepers and from some of the players in the back. The ball was once it was in the air. Sometimes it was it was definitely hard to judge. Yeah, it, it, there was definitely. I remember there was a comment about uh, the goal. The goalkeepers were having a heck of a time keeping the ball inside the lines. Um, so yeah, tough first half. What happened in the the, the I probably the strong in, in my, from from just a, a television spectator on the day. The first like twenty minutes of the second half seemed like the the best from Larouge. Uh, what was it just warming up in 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 the locker room at halftime, or how did you guys kind of bounce back? Because it was you guys conceded, and uh, the last five minutes before halftime were were a uh, pretty tricky time. How did you guys? Uh, what 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 took place there to change it in that that first spell of the second half? I think it was just kind of the mentality from the guys. A couple of things that Trevor had mentioned to us of just getting the ball on the ground and having the confidence to just play. Um, I think. Sometimes coming to league, you know, we kind of get caught into the battle of, you know, getting caught into what other teams doing, whether that's playing long balls or, you know, making it more of a battle than it needs to be. Sometimes we just simplify the game and put the ball on the ground and play. We're better off than we think. And uh, I think that's what we saw in the second half, especially in the first 20 minutes. Like you said, we just, you know, got the ball on the ground, moved it, and we're able to find those spaces that um, uh, we hope to find before the game. So as we got more confidence as the game went on, I think you saw that um on on the tv as well so we're three weeks into this usl championship season uh one win one loss one draw what can you say about this very early chapter for the team i mean i think it's promising i know there's a lot of question marks coming from outside not, not necessarily within the team but coming from outside and i think one thing that we embrace as a team is just going out and competing no matter what the situation is so i think to be in the thick of things this early on is, is a positive sign for us, but every game we're looking to win. Let's, let's not mistake, get a mistake about that because we know at the end of the season, what matters is, you know, being able to compete for, for championships and to come playoff time. So I think as a team, we're, we're all getting to, into the mentality of, you know, wanting to compete for more than, you know, just a regular season spot. We want to look for the postseason and, and do what we can to be in there. I mean, first year in the league going to the playoffs would uh, be a pretty, pretty incredible achievement. I mean, uh, top half of the table, uh, fantastic. In, in my opinion, uh, your addition to the back three with the stalwarts of Carol and Lewis. So you guys put, make a back three, and it really seems like uh, your uh, addition has really been like a, a, a key to keeping things together. It seems like all the different pieces, everyone's got their strength and you guys already seem to be playing in a, in a very good balance and harmony. What, what is your transition to that back line? How's that, that been? No, I think, as you said, it seems 
to me, almost pretty seamless. I mean, playing with Steve and Matt, they make the game pretty, really easy. And you add Nate behind us. Um, they kind of, they hold you to a standard. And I think coming in, I knew obviously from a distance playing them in the same league, you know, you, you watch what they do and you have an appreciation for how they play. So I think coming in, I kind of knew where I could kind of benefit the team and I'm glad I've been able to, to do that and show what I've been able to do and add to the team. You know, I think my strengths play off of theirs and, you know, and vice versa. So it's, it's been, it's been fun and we still got a lot of, a lot of soccer to play. So I'm excited to see what else uh, we can add as we gain more confidence and continue to play together. So when you're at the back there and you got two center back partners and the, the goalie behind you, who who's doing the most talking to you out there? Uh, I think Steve, Nate are probably two bigger communicators, but I think my, myself communicate just as much as well. I think if we're not communicating with each other, it's an even bigger issue. So um, I know Nate and Steve, they, they kind of know the system and they, they know their roles. Um, Steve being the captain, he does a really good job of getting the guys up for the games and everything like that. So, but just in general, I think as a as a professional athlete, everybody's really out there communicating, doing, telling what each other what needs to happen because you know if the responsibility relies on on each of us to get our jobs done, and we need the help from each other. And so you've been with the team roughly about what three months or so now. Correct. And so, so what's been like the biggest? A uh, surprise for you joining the club? The fans probably. I think they've, they've surprised me the most. I think, honestly, I was a little a little nervous when I was going to be announced um, on social media and all that because I didn't know, you know, what the, the the team rivalry, there might be a little stick coming back from the fans, but they've been really welcoming and really open and accepting to me. So I can't, can't thank them enough for the receiving me so well. Well, yeah, I think it was pretty clear that um, you know once 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 you once you join the team, uh, I guess you're 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 on the good side. Yeah. And speaking of which, the team you you just came from, you you were on the Michigan Stars, and I was gonna say we've been going like one match a week, but we have a double match week coming up with the return of the U.S. Open Cup, and um, we, <laughs> you're gonna get to play your former team. Uh, yeah. What was the thought that went through your head when you found out uh, you're going to play? And what do you think about that game coming up? I kind of had a feeling just based on the other games that were being announced, I guess, just kind of they're, they're somewhat regional and us being the two professional teams in the, the state, I had a feeling. Obviously, it's it's going to be fun. A couple of guys on the team that are on the Stars texted me. So I, I know that's going to be a fun one. We're going to be up for it. They're going to be up for it. Um, and I know our fans are definitely going to be uh, up for the game. So that'll be a good one for sure. What's been like the biggest difference in uh, the change of clubs? In terms of soccer wise, I mean, we play a different system. So here in at in the city, we, you know, playing the three in the back has probably been the biggest change. It's something that I, I like to play and, and I'm, I'm happy that I was able to join a team that, that plays a three in the back because it allows me to, to show some things on the field that, uh, and a four back, you're not necessarily able to do all the time. So I've enjoyed that part of it. So you've been able to spend uh, a few years or here in um, Metro Detroit. Um, how did you make your way into Michigan by chance? So I, I'm from the Chicago area, so it's not too far away. But I actually, I did a, a combine in the Michigan area um, out of college, 
where I got in contact with people at the stars and that's how I made my transition into playing there previously previous to that I was playing in Sweden so during the pandemic I was actually set to go back over to Sweden to play um pandemic happens and that's kind of that option is shut down so I decided to look for options in the states and I ended up playing um for the stars and coincidentally uh, once my time there was done was in contact with Trevor and, and things were able to work out here, fortunately. So I'm thankful for that. Yeah, I got to see you play with the Stars a number of times, and I've always enjoyed uh, watching you play. Um, did you ever get to score for them? Yeah, I scored a couple. I think uh, over my season and a half, four, three or four goals. Yeah. Three or four goals. Actually, I th- did you actually score against Detroit City FC last no, year? No, four. No, I didn't. I didn't. No. Okay, so so busy week ahead. Um, Memphis uh, comes into town in league play. And then on the 5th, I believe, um, Michigan Stars come to Keyworth Stadium. So two games in a few days, which seems like it – kind of kicks off what is going to be a long, very busy season. Have you, uh, in your experiences uh, playing as a youth or over in Sweden, have you ever uh, had a season that's going to be as long as what we have in front of us here in 22? Definitely not. I think what in the regular season, there's about 32, 33 games, something like that. So I think, and then you had the open cup games, you know, we're set on pace for who knows, a 35, 36, even more game season um so this is, this is definitely the longest season i've been a part you know colleges you pay you play 20 games in the matter of three months um in sweden we only i only was only there for half a season so the schedule the season wasn't as long as it possibly would have been and then with the pandemic you know seasons were cut short or limited games so it was we never really had a full season up until last year but there were still some some uh delay with with COVID from the previous year so this will definitely be the longest season that I've experienced so far so it's going to be important for you know just keeping keeping healthy and maintaining the health and all that yeah I was curious as to um I guess it's it's while what 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 can be exhausting can also be uh growth like um I wonder what the balance is between playing all those games over that span of time compared to like the how how much improvement comes from that is how much is uh, getting through and the ability for a player to develop. Where do you think that line is? Do you think? Um, I think if you're playing in some capacity, you're, you're improving all the time. So I think one of the things they say, the best way, the only way you're going to get better at playing at this level or playing in general is playing in games. You know, you can go out and practice all you want, but until you actually apply what you're apply, what you're doing in practice and games, you're not really improving. So I think um, it's important. The, every game is, is a valuable, as a learning experience for all of us, especially the new guys at this level. So the more games we can get, um, you know, put our bodies through those tests, you know, the better off we'll be down the line. For those who haven't uh, been able to uh, watch you or not that often, how would you describe uh, your play to, to, to someone who hasn't seen you? Um, I would say I'm a, I'm a pretty hard-nosed defender when I pride myself on my ability to defend one-on-one. Um, but I also 
and kind of like a wild card sense. I kind of like getting into the attack as well. My distribution, I think I have a good range of passing. Um, and then obviously non-soccer, my, my leadership and my ability to communicate on the field is something that, you know, I pride myself in as well. Going back to our hair uh, discussion, have you ever used the hair as a way to exaggerate a head fake? Um, not that I could recall, but maybe um, when I'm when I'm on the ball and the defender sees me, they're somehow they're they're psyched out, and I and I don't see it, but not not deliberately. Yeah, I've definitely seen a, a youth player who had uh, uh, a, a big hair. Who she would whip it and when she was she would either cut inside or not with that I, and i thought that was hilarious and I, I swear i've seen seen other players do that but like uh what's been uh the best moment um uh like i guess what what will be like the 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 the, the peak soccer thing like what's been your, your 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 standout moment in your soccer career to this point up until this moment i think you know was Obviously, being um, signing for Detroit City, I think, was probably the biggest moment I had. This is something, signing for USL Championship Team was something that I had been working for for a while now. And now to be here, you know, I think it's a goal checked off the list, but it's also the realization that, you know, I can set my goals um, even further down the line and continue to work at other things. So I think this is this is a big accomplishment for me. And something that you know I'm still working towards um, and improving every every day. Uh. Awesome! So big, big check mark already. Uh, what what's uh, what's what would be the the next big thing? I guess I'm taking that day to day, month to month. Right now, I think you know obviously you might want to be realistic with your goals and you want to set your your goals, but also as high as possible. So I'm just taking it as it goes and, and enjoying what I'm while I can. Cool. Well, you got two games coming up Saturday afternoon. Um, Memphis comes into town, and then U.S. Open Cup on April fifth. I did want to ask you: Have you played an Open Cup? Is this going to be your first time in the competition? Yeah, I want to say I played in a, like a back in my college days. I played for like a local team in like the NPSL. It was in the Chicago, Chicago area, like a qualifying Open Cup match. But I haven't played a a proper open cup game. So I'm ex- I'm excited for it. Yeah, do you do you think that's something that uh the concept is something that everyone can agree on but uh <laughs> putting into like mainstream reality what what do you think uh I mean w- what's your take on the open cup? I think it's I think it's awesome. Like probably the the best tournament in terms of, you know, including everybody in the US. I mean there's not many this is something overseas they do in in all types of cups. Um, so to get the platform for, you know, local teams, whether it's, it's like Detroit city or even, even further than that, lower down the pole, um, a chance to play against the professional teams around them is, is a really cool thing. It provides the, like the big, what if factor, it lets you kind of dream big dreams. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And who knows? I mean, you never know. The thing is, you know, you never know what could happen. There's always some crazy stories similar to March Madness, you know, it's like, even if you're a lower seed, somehow you know you, teams can find a way with a one when a, with a one-off game situation. You never know what could happen. Just even a go-ahead goal is a, a big memory for some small teams. Yeah, yeah. And then while well, we're going down that, so so if uh, the complicated logistics were to be where Detroit City FC uh, goes on to the to, to the rounds where 
an MLS team might come, what would be the the MLS team that you'd love to see to to see come to Keyworth? Uh, I would have to go Chicago Fire just because that's that's my local team. Um, I think that would be that'd be amazing. Seeing Shakiri in uh, in Keyworth would pretty be pretty cool. That'd be something, huh? Thank you so much for uh, spending so much time and uh, going in depth with this. I'm I'm really excited for the season. Thank you. Appreciate appreciate you taking the time and you know appreciate what you're doing. I think it's always important to have a, a voice for you know the the state, but as well as lower league soccer. So appreciate what you're doing. Well, thank you so much, uh, Devin Amumensa, starting uh, center back for Detroit City FC. Thank you so much for joining the podcast. Appreciate it. Just about got to the end of this week's edition of Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. I want to direct you to the MI Soccer Central Instagram page to enter the $100 Soccer.com gift card giveaway. Michigan Soccer Central and Oakland County FC have partnered to offer a giveaway of a $100 gift card to local soccer supporters. Follow MI Soccer Central and Oakland County FC. Tag three of your friends in the comments. And like the post uh, and share it on your stories for two bonus entries. Uh, It'll be open for submission all through the week till midday on April 3rd. Winner will be announced on next week's episode. Best luck, guys. Thank you to my guest, Devin Amu Mensa. And uh, that that was an excellent interview from him. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to seeing him at next weekend's games. Busy week ahead for Detroit City FC. They got Memphis at the weekend and an Open Cup next week against the Michigan Stars. So, interesting week, no doubt. So, hopefully it warms up and everyone, uh, the girls' soccer and youth soccer is starting to go out for spring season. So, hopefully everything warms up and we can get the spring soccer season to a comfortable spot Uh yeah, the first few weeks are rough. Already canceled the first week of practice. So hopefully we'll get back together. So lots lots of soccer going on. It's We're all waking up and moving outside. It's going to be great, great times. So thank you to my guests as always. Be sure to check back in all the back catalogs to check any of the shows that you may not have missed. We've had players, administrators, coaches, uh, press, and creatives, all uh, sorts of perspectives, trying to get as many Michigan soccer perspectives collected here as possible. So be sure to check into those. So thank you to everyone who's putting the show together. Thank you, Jenny Hajnaki, for uh, editing the show. Thank you to John Havron over at Detroit City FC for making our uh, uh, arrangements come together, get this weekly uh, segment uh, together. Thank you so much. And thank you to Danko Transit for making the music so long ago. And with so much soccer ahead, I say with with even greater glee, until next week, enjoy your soccer.